you know, where are you hanging out? You know, who are you talking to? Are you hanging at your buddy's house every weekend? You know, or are you in a webinar? Are you listening to this podcast? Right? What are you doing like every day to just get you to your, you know, your very first property, right? Or your very right. first transaction or whatever you want to do. So honestly, it's just networking and, and hanging around the right people. That's 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 huge. That is huge. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 257 of the Real Estate Rundown. It's hard to believe we've got that many under our belt, but it just keeps getting better and better because in this episode, we've got Javier Hinojo with us, and he's going to talk about the importance of mentoring and coaching in the real estate world. Not only is Javier going to show us how to build a business, he's going to talk to us about the experience he has and the experience that he's gotten building that business and how to take that into investment in real estate and how to buy cash flow and how to make that work for you. So if you're looking to learn how to start from literally nothing and have an investment run uh, turn around in under two years, and you're going to want to catch this episode. You're going to want to hear what Javier's got to say because he is going to drop some serious knowledge on you. So tune back into the Real Estate Rundown, guys. You're going to get all of this right here with Javier and I. Welcome to the RobNet Real Estate Rundown podcast, where Shannon RobNet has handpicked industry experts to discuss all aspects of investing in the real estate world and seeks to help all real estate investors improve their education and their proven strategies to grow their real estate journeys. Now, here's your host. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown. I have the wonderful opportunity today to interview a gentleman that literally started with nothing, came from nothing, nothing, and has made a successful career in real estate. Welcome, Javier Hinojo. Javier, how are you, man? Hey, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Javier, you've got quite the story. I mean, literally starting with nothing, uh, you're, you, you've become an experienced investor. You now have product in seven states. That didn't come overnight, and it didn't come without hard work. But how did you do it? Uh, it came in about a week. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, uh, so I've been to buy your class and then they get That's all these. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, get all the hard work. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you what, look, um, I'm a high school push out. I was a C plus student. You know, never, I never went to college. I've only read one book in my life and it's about a 25 minute read probably. And it has a lot of big pictures and big words. And, um, but I'm just, you know, I just take action. You know, I just take action. I started my, my real estate career about six and a half years ago, flipping houses. And uh, after I flipped some houses, I decided to quit cold Turkey like 19 months ago. I sold all my single family houses and then I just focused on buying apartment buildings. And 19 months later, um, we're at, we're pretty close to $50 million in 690 units in about 19 months. Um, keep in mind that in 2017, New Year's Day, I had 32 cents in my account. So, yeah. Well, you know, Javier, I mean, listen, this is, this is America, right? This is the land of opportunity, but with that comes a lot of hard work. So let's not gloss over that. I mean, uh, no disrespect to the, everything you've done. You can't get away with that short of a story that, 32 cents, 2017, 600 and some units now. I mean, there had to have been some work in there. Tell us what you really were able to do in that time period that made you exceptional. Well, I'll tell you what, um, my wife says that I'm stubborn, but, you know, stubborn, persistent, I think is, this, you know, it's, it's about, you can, you can go either way, right? She's not even here and you're going to argue with her about what she said. Now, that's, know, right? that's, pretty, that's pretty big. It's, it's very brave, I know. <laughs> uh, look, if I could outsource... 
I know, right? If I could outsource arguing with my wife, I would do it. I would pay somebody to argue with her and then say, honey, you're right. I love you. And then order some flowers. It would save me about 30 minutes of my life. But how did you do it? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, one of the biggest things that I did was just network, right? Um, Well, let me back up a little bit. I I did a lot solo, right? Just by myself, kind of, I was kind of lonely in in a way, you know, I was just out there doing deals and getting out there. I wasn't really networking. Uh, Not until I started actually networking, I started meeting other investors and I saw them like doing more, right? Just even, even just on the flips, right? I saw somebody doing 10 flips a year, 20, 50. I'm like, I can do that. And eventually I started to connect with people who had 100 units, 200 units, 2000 units. And I'm like, I look at them and I'm like, they're not that smart. You know, I'm not that smart. They can do it. I can do it. You know, just what's the difference between them and me? So let me just do what they're doing. What were they doing? Um, They had mentors. You know, they had coaches. They were part of masterminds. They were networking. I said, okay, all right. Well, let me just monkey see, monkey do, right? Let me do the exact same thing. So I started networking. Um, You know, I got into masterminds, got some coaching and started connecting with people. And, you know, September 2019, that's when I told my wife, honey, I'm not, I'm not doing any more single family and we're going to buy our first apartment building by the end of the year. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just said, I'm going to do it. And sure enough, by the end of the year, we fought our, we bought our first building and uh, it was just, I mean, it's a lot of work, you know, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of, a lot of commitment. And, um, you know, if you're married and uh, you got, you know, you got kids, you know, unfortunately the ones that suffer and pay the price is a family. I mean, that's just straight up. That's the truth, you know? Yeah. So you know, hopefully you're not partying with your friends, hanging out, drinking beer with your buddies, you know, and, and ignoring your family. You know, you're actually out there working because you're ignoring, you know, and, and you ignore your family. Well, and the reality is, look, there's, you know, there's only so much time in a day, right? And you have to give to get, and you have to give up your time to get what you want. But the reality is that that's not a forever thing, right? I mean, you, sure. you started, you started really hardcore in this in 2017. You're now at a place where you, now you can give back to your family. Right. I mean, you're at a place where you can now participate in some of the things that you weren't ever going to be able to participate. You're able to teach and show your children things that you were never going to be able to teach and show them if you hadn't have taken this action. Right. I mean, yeah, that makes a great point. And um, if my wife was here, she'd be like, uh, he needs to do more of that. (laughs) Well, we can we can definitely uh, write you a note that says, honey, he is out raising money for the family. uh, But that carries little or no weight, as you know. Yeah, uh, sure. doesn't matter doesn't what matter. I say, doesn't matter what you say. It's, it's all about keeping mama happy. But, you know, after a couple of years of doing this and you've started to see the results, what do you see happening next with your real estate business? And, and where did you see that? Did you ever see that uh, when you were thinking about getting into real estate? Um, you know, when I started, you know, I've, I've always been a big thinker. Uh, the biggest thing is you know, I'm super hard on myself. So I always want to do the best that I can. And there's really no like, you know, I can't do this, you know, Hey, well, let's figure it out. Right. It's like, if somebody said, Hey, let's, let's do it. Let's build a car. I've never done it, but somebody's done it before. There's a way to do it. Right. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of, that's just kind of my, my attitude from, from the beginning, you know, Hey, let, let's just get it done. And, you know, where did I see myself? You know, I said, Hey, I want to, I want to own a, a billion dollars worth of real estate. I just threw a number out there, right. A billion dollars. Why? Cause it sounds great. And listen, what do I need to do to get there? Right. Yeah. If I hit half of that goal, am I going to cry? No. If I hit a, a third of that goal, am I going to cry? No. Right. But if I hit it, that's awesome. Um, I just always had just big expectations and, you know, just going from doing my first project 
to, you know, doing my second, third, you know, I'm on my seventh project now. And, you know, just, you know, let's, let's see what comes next. Right. I'm not out forcing a deal or, or a purchase. I'm just waiting for the right opportunity. That's a really good purchase price because, you know, I, I like to sleep at night. You know, I don't want to stress yeah. over, over a bad purchase. Well, and you know, it's, it's funny because I had, uh, I had a, a, a gal on my podcast earlier and she said exactly the same thing. That's the set that you, you're the second person that's ever said it to set a goal so big that you don't really expect to get there, but in getting there, you're going to blow away anything you ever thought you could do, you know? And, and when I t- was talking with Rachel about it, she kept saying that I've never achieved all my goals every year. And I thought, man, why wouldn't you want to, I mean, th- don't you feel bad about the fact that you didn't achieve your goals every year, but you know, hearing you say that owning a billion dollars in real estate, so you land short of that with a half a billion. You know what? Look, Javier, that's not a bad number, right? So, so we're in a place where, you know, to not achieve those goals is still to achieve something spectacular and to set something so audacious that you have that ability to fail because you, you have that ability to succeed also. And without putting it out there, who knows where you'd go, right? So that's, I love that. I love that mindset. So you talk, you talk a lot about mentorship and, and uh, coaches. Tell, tell us a little bit more about how they've influenced your life and what you're doing now about that. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to join a mastermind for the longest time and I, and I joined the mastermind. I paid, you know, the 25, 30 K uh, that it costs just to get around, you know, big thinkers, you know, people who are doing the business are going to push me, mot- not really motivate me. Cause you, you don't, if you need motivation as a business owner, you should not be a business owner. You should not be an entrepreneur. If you need motivation, right. You should, um, you should always, you know, have a purpose, right? Motivation is overrated. So, but if you have a purpose, you know, you, you're going to get there. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just joined some masterminds, you know, I, I found somebody who was, you know, I uh, do some research, find out who's kind of doing what I, or teaching what I want to learn. And for me, it was very important that whoever I learned from was actually active in the business. You know, I didn't want somebody that had done a deal 20 years ago teaching me nothing wrong with that. It just, I just wanted somebody who, who was actually, you know, in the business doing some, some transactions that we can, you know, we can learn, learn from. And I mean, that, that's huge, you know, just getting to, you don't make the same mistakes and in a mastermind as well, you, you, you get great connections you know, my last probably three, my last three uh, projects that I bought have been because of my mastermind that I've been part of. So are you, I mean, so you're a great proponent of coaching. Are you doing any coaching and mentoring for others? Um, you know, actually just last week I decided to do a mastermind and then I do a, like a, I did a, a one, one day event Well, evening we, we hang out and then I do a one day event on how to find off market commercial properties. I wouldn't say it's coaching. It's more of a little bit of mentorship and a mastermind. Uh, that, that fits my personality a little bit more than, sure. uh, you know, sitting there and, uh, going step by step on everything, but I have my staff that can help me out. So in short, yes, actually, I actually did just actually last week. Okay. Good. Well, it's a good thing we're having this conversation this yep. week, not last week. Uh, we wouldn't know. For but, sure. uh, you know, so what is, what is it that you see when you when you look at, you know, the, the whole experience that it takes in real estate? I mean, you said that it takes action, right? And we get that. You've got to go actually execute a contract. You've got to get out there. You've got to do these things. But what else is it does it take that is the experience in real estate? I mean, what is it that really sets guys like you apart? You know, I think it's just getting over your, like yourself, right? Just, just making sure that, uh, you know, any negative thoughts or any 
um, limited beliefs that you have in yourself, you know, if you can just get rid of that right off the bat, that's just, that's huge because, you know, you, you can be your own downfall, you know, just, just your yeah. own mind, just saying negative things to you. And that's, you know, just get rid of that. Um, yeah. But look, the biggest thing I can say to anybody who wants to do, you know, we want to start to flip a house, they want to wholesale a house, they want to get their first deal done of anything, any kind, you know, where are you hanging out? You know, who are you talking to? Are you hanging at your buddy's house every weekend? You know, or are you in a webinar? Are you listening to this podcast, right? What are you doing like every day to just get you to your, you know, your very first property, right? Or your very right. first transaction and whatever you want to do. So honestly, it's just networking and, and hanging around the right people. That's, that's, that's huge. That is huge. Yeah. You know, they say that you're the sum, you're the, you're the lowest common, common denominator of your five closest friends, right? And, and I find that to be so true that the more you hang out with people beneath you, you begin to talk and act and, you know, respond like they do. If you're hanging out with people who have uh, more success than you do, that are, that are doing the things that you've always wanted to do, you're going to find yourself talking and acting and reacting that way. And pretty soon you're going to start to be like them. I mean, we all know that, right? So what does it take really to invest and be successful in real estate? Look, I would say um, uh, buy right, you know, get, get a great, get a great deal. First of all, right, make, make, make the right purchase price. But um, besides that, it, 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 it's going to have to be, look, you can be good at finding deals. Um, you can be good at raising capital. Um, you can be good at operations. Um, you, can be, you can have net worth, sign a loan, things like that. You can be good at one of those things, right? You don't have to be good at all of them. So as long as you find where you fit, you know, like, hey, this is my strong point. Like, you know, I can go out and raise money. That's awesome. You know, that's awesome. Just stick to what you're really good at. You don't necessarily have to do five different things, you know, just, just do the one thing really, really good. Right. And hang around with people who need you. Like say, say you, you can raise capital, right? Well then go, you go find somebody who's a good deal finder, right? Yeah. Somebody who's finding good projects and you guys yeah. hook up together in JV. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really true because you got two guys that are sitting there raising capital. They're sitting around in a pool of money with nothing to spend it on. Don't know mm -hmm. how to underwrite it. But, you know, you mentioned you mentioned that you got to buy right. And there's a lot of truth to that. But how does somebody do that in today's environment where every deal seems to go in six seconds and it's multiple offers? How do you find your your deals that you're buying right? Well, half of our projects have been like, you know, just to write to seller so that you can, uh, you can get a really good, uh, you know, really good purchase price. If you get a hold of them and they like you and they trust you, um, make a lot of offers. You know, some people yeah. say, hey. Uh, quality over quantity, you know, I mean, for me, we just make, you know, 30 plus offers every week. And, you know, if somebody wants $5 million and we offer them three and they get upset, I mean, whatever. Right. But I know that at least every, every second or third month, somebody's going to take that offer and right. I'm happy about that. Right. Sure. So tenacity, right. Continuing to do the same things that, that get you the results. I mean, you know, going to the gym day after day is going to get you the results. But if you only go once in a while, you're not going to get the results. And so I can see that, you know, um, but what is it that you, you know, you, you mentioned you, uh, that you like to buy cash flow. What do you mean by buying cash flow? Well, there's, there's, there's one, there's a couple of different, there's a couple of different, you know, kind of purchase, right. Or kind of structures, right. You can buy something that is not cash flowing, but you get at a huge discount. But when it does cash flow, you make a lot of money, Right. And then you also have to balance that with buying some properties that are actually cash flowing. Maybe you might pay a little bit more, but 
but it makes sense because your loan is better and you're actually collecting some money, right? So right when I first started, I was buying all those, those uh, hard, like heavy value ad where we weren't going to make any money for a year or six months, seven months, 12 months, 15 months until you got the, you know, the cash flow up, right? And that's fine and, and, and all, but, you know, I can get tough because there's not a lot of money coming in because everything's going out. So, you know, for cash, you know, for cash flow, just buy a, a more of a stable property that's actually cash flowing, right? And you kind of balance both. You can have right. some big paydays and then some consistency and they balance each other out. Yeah. You know, you're right. You can't go all in on one, one property type because then you're constantly in the rehab mode. You're constantly in the, in the uh, paint and, you know, trying to get the rents up and you're never getting to where the cash flow is nice. It, it is nice to have something that you're buying that doesn't need a whole lot of work, you know, probably like your wife thought she was getting with you, but then realized it was a whole lot of work. Right. I mean, that's yeah, the way, sure. that's the way my wife got, you know, yeah. she thought she was getting something that didn't need a lot of care and feeding. And then she found out the real thing. Right. And I think, but, I think my daughter knows that for sure. I got a 16 year old daughter. She says Dad, yeah. you know, if mom saw you at the store and you talked to her, she didn't need you. You flirted with her. She'd totally ignore you. I go, yeah, she would. She would ignore me. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, that's why it pays to be there when they're, uh, ready uh, when they're vulnerable, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, before we get ourselves in total trouble here, Javier, let's get back on topic. You know, right. what is it that you? I mean, what is it that you find to be attractive when you're when you're looking for the deals and you're finding? You know, you're writing all these offers. Are you just driving through a neighborhood and writing down addresses? I mean, how are you finding these to make the the offer? Uh, I mean, and, and how are you basing that offer on? What's your science? Okay. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about, um, so we'll take a, we'll take like an apartment complex. Um, you know, if, say you can be at like a 20 unit or a 12 unit, you know, it doesn't have to be a big one. You can say it's a, you know, a 10 unit apartment building. Uh, I mean, once you, once you see the, the, the properties, you're kind of underwriting a business, right? So just kind of rule of thumb. I like to see if, if it's, um, if it's a 10 unit and they want a million dollars for it, that means they want $100,000 per unit. And, you know, say it's perfectly rehabbed. It's, you know, you don't have to do anything to it. Okay. You know, I like to see like 1.5. So I would like to see $1,500 in rent, you know, like 14, like 1400 to 1600, like in, in potential rents or that you can rent them out. Like automatically I know like, okay, I want to look at this a little bit more. Right. Okay. Let, let's spend a little bit more time with it. Let's see if we can get it to those numbers. And usually how do you get those numbers? I mean, you can go on, on uh, like rental meter, you can go on apartments.com and you can go to Zillow and kind of find out what the market rents are, you know, unless you have the paid software like CoStar, things like that, it can get a little bit pricey and that'll kind of tell you the, the market rents, but you can pretty much figure that out on your own just by checking other online, online, online um, services. So yes, yeah, how we can uh, just figure out if it's going to be a good deal. Um, it's going to cash flow. A lot of people do one for one, like a thousand dollars for a hundred thousand or a little right. bit less. I mean, we want to go right. a little bit higher. Well, and, and when you're going one for one, right, you're buying a little bit more work, right? There's more you got to do for that. And, and to stick with the strategy that you're talking about where you're paying a little bit more, but it's pretty much set and ready to go. That seems to be a pretty proven model for you, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Now, we don't get that all the time, but you could always look at, okay, great. You know, what else can we do? Like who right. pays the utilities? You know, like if you look around and you call the other complexes and every complex within half a mile, the tenants pay the water the trash and the electricity. And the, and then you kind of ask, well, how much is that? Oh, it's about 200 bucks. And you're like, okay, well, in, in the one you're going to buy, if the landlord, the owner pays for that, you're like, wow, that's an automatic $200. You can, 
bill back to the to the new tenants coming in or anybody who signs a new lease. And it depends, right? right? If you have a 40, you know, a 40 unit apartment building, I mean, the property can go up by, you know, a million dollars, a million and a half, just, just by doing that one thing, the value of the property goes up and you don't even touch anything else. Yeah, no. And that's true. You know, we did that with a 180 unit apartment complex, started reselling cable and and internet, you know, it was $35 a door, you know, on 180 units that adds up to about 2.2, $2.4 million on a cap. That's right. And And it adds up and it adds up really quick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a great way to add that value. You know, what are some of the other things that when you're buying property, Javier, are you buying to hold long-term? Are you buying for a set window? What is your, what is your investment strategy on stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, great question. So, you know, a little bit of both, right? I mean, ideally we want to buy something that we can, you know, hold for two or three years and then do a refinance and get all our money back, right? The Burr method, right? You know, buy, remodel, refinance, repair, re- something like that, repeat, whatever it stands for, right? right? Um, Do that again. That's yeah, what it means. A whole bunch of dollars. <laughs> and, um, you know, you're able to get your money back, right? You know, you buy property and you're all, you know, you're all in for $7 million and the bank gives you, it is worth 10 and they give you 7.5. Well, great. You got your initial money back and now you have a kind of a free property that's going to cash flow. Um, right. Ideally, that's what, that's what we like. You know, now a couple of properties that we bought, you know, they're going to be like a three to five year hold where we hold them, we raise rents, make them a little bit prettier. We hold them and pay down a mortgage and then we sell them after three to five years. Right. Hey, you might get lucky and the market still goes straight up and you can refinance out of them. Great. Even better. But that's not the, the model for that particular property. You know, we're, we have a set where we will sell it in three to five years, which in a way, you know, you're still flipping. You're just a long term flipper, you know. Sure. No, and that makes a lot of sense, you know, and, and, but you're, you're continuing to repeat that, you know, you're continuing to repeat that, you know, I, I want to ask last year, um, let's say in the last 12 months, uh, how, how many units were you able to acquire in the last 12 months? If I was to say the last 12 months, uh, I'm at 690. So subtract 63, uh, whatever. Yeah. That is. So let's just so say you, what, 627. You've acquired over 600 units. Which was harder? Yeah, 627 units in the last 12 months, for sure. Which one was harder? The first 63 or the next 600? I would say the first one was harder just because, I mean, I, I didn't play a, a major role in that particular in that particular transaction, but it was my first one, right? Yeah. I, I, I thought I was coming in, you know, and I was going to do really well. And I actually, I, I uh, over-promised and under-delivered on my first project, right, with my, with my partners. But um, that was probably the hardest one because I didn't know what to expect, what to do, or anything like that. Um, the rest have actually, you know, we were actually buying through COVID as crazy as it sounds. We're buying in May, June, July, August, when like in the, in the heat of COVID, we were still buying these properties. So that was, that was huge for us, uh, being able to close during, during that time, and especially getting some bridge loans, like, you know, the harder, the harder loans to get. What were the, what were the things that you were able to do during those time periods that made it easier for you or made it possible, not easier, possible for you to close when so many people couldn't, what was, what was the magic there? I'll tell you what, like I'll give you an example. We bought a 72 unit here about two and a half hours from my house in North Carolina and it was 72 units for $1.3 million. Right. And when wow. the bank went out there to look at it, they're like, they couldn't believe it. So they had to go look at it because they thought we were a scam. There was nothing there. You know, they're going to show up and be like an empty lot. And they right. went to look at it and they're like, Oh shoot, there's actually an apartment building here. And uh, they appraised it. We bought it cash and then they appraised it at 3.4, like the next day. Right. So you got a $2 million discount on a property 
And that's how, that's how you can definitely do it. Sure. Sure. It, is that, I mean, is that something that that's, that's repeatable for you? I mean, buying something at 30%. Yeah, about, uh, mobile home park, you know, 115 pad mobile home park, city water, city sewer, close to uh, Notre Dame for 900 K. Right. Once yeah. we're done with it, it's worth like 4 million. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. And that's all off market. You're able to yeah, find all this sure. stuff off market. Those two, those two were off market. Yeah. So are you the deal finder guy? What, what, what role do you play in this? You told us that you don't do everything, right? So what, what role is it that you are? Well, you know, I'm, I'm more of the face of the company, you know, I do a lot of social media. I'll do the podcast. I definitely love to network and uh, get deal flow. Right. Um, you know, we got our sales and marketing team as well, but I don't do any sales or, or any of the marketing. I just kind of like say, Hey, I have this idea, you know, can we, can we make a stick on the, you know, throw something on the wall. Can we make this work? And then I have the team put it together and say, no, it sucks. Or heck, this actually worked pretty well. Um, but I don't handle like the everyday, like workflows, things like that. Um, so for me, yeah, I mean, I kind of deal finding is, a, you know, just e even through networking, right. The last three deals that we purchased were all through networking that I had, that I've, that I've done and the deals came to me. So that was, that was pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. I would say deal, finding deals and I'm, I'm pretty decent at raising capital. What do you see for the next 12 months? I mean, if you, if you've done, if you've done 63 in your first 12 months, you did 620 in your second 12 months. What do you see for your third, your third year? Well, I'll tell you what, um, you know, whatever, if I get a good, uh, you know, I said, I'm going to slow down to my wife, honey, I'm going to slow down. Right. Like, okay, let's, let's, I got it. We got a lot of stuff going on. Let's slow down. And then we bought an apartment building like in seven days. That was like two weeks ago. It was insane. Insane. Um, but I'm at 690 doors and we have my, my next purchase is 312, right? So 312 park portfolio, mobile home park. So I'm like, damn, I'm over a thousand. If that, if that works out and it should work just fine. I don't really know what's next. Just if I get a good project, you know, we'll jump on it, you know, for sure. So hopefully, I mean, you know, just double, you know, I would love to double every year. I mean, that'd be ideal. Yeah. What do you think is, uh, what do you think is, is, the, the magic to, to your team? I mean, it, it, you, you alluded several times that there's other people that do other jobs. What is the magic inside of that team? Um, don't, don't leave me in charge of anything. Uh, <laughs> no open uh, flame or scissors for you, huh, Javier? Yeah, like uh, don't, don't, don't put me to do an Excel sheet or put a presentation together or, or anything that I have to like think really, really hard and focus for more than, than 30 minutes. Um, but no, I mean, really, you got to – you can't be afraid to bring somebody on your team or hire somebody who's smarter than you. Right. You know, so I think there's three, like my partner, he's in Houston. He's got a finance degree. My, our COO, he's got like a finance degree. Our acquisition guy's got a finance degree. I think one of another ladies has a finance, like everybody has finance degrees. I'm like, I can barely add. I need my calculator. Right. Right. So, right. you know, don't, don't be afraid of hiring somebody smarter than you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just, I just really, I mean, let him do a better yeah. job. That's a, that's a great point because if everybody's like you, uh, nobody's going to be able to put the presentation together, right? Nobody okay. else, nobody's going nobody's gonna to check all the boxes and make sure we received all the rent. We're just going to look at the pile and go, I think it's there, right? Uh, you and I sound like we're a lot alike. And, and without a good team, without being able to hire your weakness, you really leave yourself exposed to a lot of the things that you wouldn't even know were things unless you had those other people with the finance degrees that like to check the boxes and keep you in line. You wouldn't even know that you were out of line without them, right? Sure. Like I hired an executive assistant and the one liner is like job description, make me look good. That was it, right? Just well, make me look make me look organized. That's, look that's, like that's, a, everything. that's a 
That's a big job description. How's there she doing? Go. Yeah, she's doing pretty good. So good. good. Well, Javier, is there anything else you want to share with my listeners about your journey, about what it was about, about what made it different, about what you would do? It, 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 let's ask this question. If you could go back 18 months and tell your 18, you know, everybody wants you to go back and tell your 18 year old self. Let's go back and tell your 18 month ago self. What would you tell them? What would you tell Javier 18 months ago about what this journey was going to be like and what he should be looking for? I would, uh, I would have said um, definitely double down on the networking. And, um, um, you know, I would just say get a better price. It's still a better price. Can't go wrong with that. You know, it's funny. I was, I was uh, in a room on Clubhouse uh, last night with uh, Rod Khalif, and, and he made the comment, if I could go back and tell my younger self something, I'd tell him to go bigger sooner. I thought that was pretty amazing for somebody that's done as well as Rod has, uh, you know, made it, lost it, made it back. Um, you know, the comment was go bigger sooner. So, you know, Javier, it, it's, it's amazing to see how many people think that real estate is a big boys game, that you've got to come from an Ivy League education, but it's also awesome to see salt of the earth, people like yourself succeed in real estate, buck the trends, make things work that most people don't think can happen. What do you think, if you had one person to thank for that success, who would that be? Wow, if I had one person to thank for that, wow. Um, you know, I would probably say, uh, I would probably say my wife. That was a very smart because, move. Uh, yeah, just because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been married 23 years. I don't even know how she put up with me, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. yeah. Being very supportive. You know, I basically told her when I started real estate, honey, I'm going to ignore you and the kids. And sure enough, I did ignore her and the kids, right? And she stuck there through it all, and you know, a lot of a lot of trips, you know, a lot of late nights and things like that. So, you know, she's been, um, you know, she's been, you know, my number one supporter. So if if it's, if you don't have that support at home, eh, it's, it's, this is hard enough that it, it'll be tough. So I would I would say my wife. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and that and that is part of the team that that doesn't get seen but is so important. You know. Uh, people don't realize how how much that affects your daily, you know, you're going to work and, and you're doing the do and you're doing the grind, but there's somebody behind you that's cleaning up the mess and putting the socks away and taking care of the kids and, and all of those kinds of things that really complete the package of who Javier is, right? And if I had to like say like, hey, how about in like in business and actual buying the real estate, I would say the folks that I partner with on, on our projects, mm-hmm. you know, my partner in Houston, Moo. Um, you know, and anybody else that came in a project as a general partner, you know, just, yeah. you know, just everybody has, you know, their own, um, you know, some, something to bring to the table. And that's yeah. been really, really good because definitely can't do it on your own, right? It's a team sport. It is. And, you know, that's what's funny about multifamily real estate. You see how often that team sport mentality actually shows up and people get involved in other people's deals and help, whether there's, there's a financial stake in it or not. I've seen it time and time again, beyond anything I've ever experienced in any other business where that is happening on a daily basis. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's something that something's not going as planned, whatever, everybody jumps on a call and they're like, Hey guys, how are we going to fix this? How we, what was the strategy? You know, it's like, it's just, you know, that's, that's key. Right. Key. On it done. Yeah. And got to have some problem solvers guys on your team. Make sure you have some problem solvers. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Otherwise there's a lot of drinking and crying, right? That's right. <laughs> So, hey, Javier, before we go here, where can people find you in the great white world? Uh, so you can just, I've got a Facebook group, a billion dollar multifamily commercial real estate. That's my Facebook group. You can follow me on, you know, uh, Instagram, 
my, my name, Javier Inojo dot junior. Uh, same, you know, Twitter, just my name. I'm like the only Javier Inojo junior in the country. Um, <laughs> you know, Facebook, just follow me on Facebook. Awesome. Uh, I got a podcast as well coming out actually in, uh, in a few days, uh, the naked truth about real estate investing. And I cool. do my first episode in my underwear. No, I don't do that, but, <laughs> but it might've worked out pretty good if I did. You know, as um, long as it's audio only, you probably have uh, yeah, audio only. Eyes, right? Right? Yeah. My very yeah. first episode is how I sold my first flip to a porn star. So true story. There you go. Too bad we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to tune into that. But guys, you also see Javier's links below here. You can tune into him there. Thank you for joining us today, Javier. And thank you guys for tuning into the Real Estate Rundown. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Real Estate Rundown on Podchaser, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast to get automatic updates. You'll also find us on Instagram and Twitter, YouTube, and you can follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Javier, thanks again for being on the Real Estate Rundown. We really appreciate your time. Well, so it was a pleasure uh, to be on. Thank you so much. And guys, be sure and tune in again for the next time we bring you an awesome guest here on the Real Estate Rundown.